Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be going through questions on orthopedic surgery. And you can find written questions to test your knowledge and track your learning at members.zerotofinals.com. So let's jump straight into these questions. Question 1. What type of cell is responsible for repairing and maintaining cartilage? Chondrocytes. Question 2. What are the key x-ray findings in osteoarthritis? You can use the loss mnemonic, loss of joint space, osteophytes, subarticular sclerosis and subchondral cysts. Question 3. What name is given to the bulky enlargement of the DIP joints in osteoarthritis? Hebedens nodes. Question 4. What is the name given to the bulky enlargement of the PIP joints in osteoarthritis? Bouchard's nodes. Question 5. What is the saddle joint at the base of the thumb? The carpometacarpal joint or CMC joint. Question 6. At what age do the NICE guidelines updated in 2020 suggest a diagnosis of osteoarthritis can be made without any investigations, provided there are typical symptoms and no red flags? Over 45 years. Question 7. What effect do NSAIDs have on blood pressure? They increase blood pressure. Question 8. What is the most common indication for elective joint replacement surgery? Osteoarthritis. Question 9. What are the options for elective joint replacement surgery? Total joint replacement, hemiarthroplasty and partial joint resurfacing. Question 10. What are the options for fitting a prosthesis into the shaft of the femur? It can be cemented or uncemented. Question 11. What are the options for fitting a prosthetic socket into the pelvis? Cement or screws. Question 12. The articular surfaces of which bones are replaced in a total knee replacement? The femur and the tibia. Question 13. What is the name of the shoulder socket that articulates with the head of the humerus? The glenoid socket. Question 14. What important process is undertaken before surgery while the patient is awake to ensure the correct limb is operated on? Marking the limb. Question 15. What medication may be used during elective joint replacement surgery to minimise blood loss? Tranexamic acid. Question 16. What investigations are required shortly after joint replacement surgery, for example the next day? 
X-rays and a full blood count. Question 17. What duration of low molecular weight heparin do the NICE guidelines from 2018 recommend after elective hip replacement? 28 days. What about elective knee replacement? 14 days. Question 18. What organism is the most common cause of prosthetic joint infections? Staphylococcus aureus. Question 19. What is a Collie's fracture? It's a transverse fracture of the distal radius causing the distal portion to displace posteriorly. What description is used for the deformity of a Collie's fracture? A dinner fork deformity. What is the usual cause of a Collie's fracture? A fall onto an outstretched hand or foosh. Question 20. What is the typical cause of a scaphoid fracture? A fall onto an outstretched hand or a foosh. Where do you find tenderness in a scaphoid fracture? In the anatomical snuff box, which is the groove between the tendons when extending the thumb. What is the key complication associated with scaphoid fractures? Avascular necrosis and non-union. Question 21. What classification system can be used to describe fractures of the lateral malleolus of the ankle? The Weber classification. Which bone is affected? The fibula. In relation to what important structure is a lateral malleolus fracture described? The distal syndesmosis or the fibrous joint between the tibia and the fibula. What is the significance of the distal syndesmosis in relation to the fracture? If the fracture disrupts the syndesmosis, surgery is more likely to be required to regain good stability and function of the joint. Question 22. What are the three types of fracture of the lateral malleolus of the ankle and what feature distinguishes them? Type A is when the fracture is below the ankle joint and this will leave the syndesmosis intact. Type B is when the fracture is at the level of the ankle joint and the syndesmosis will be intact or partially torn. And type C is above the ankle joint and the syndesmosis will be disrupted. Question 23. What term is used to describe a fracture associated with an underlying tumour? Pathological fracture. Question 24. What are the most common cancers that metastasize to bone? 
you can use the portable mnemonic for this. Prostate, renal, thyroid, breast and lung. Question 25. What term is used to describe a fracture associated with osteoporosis? A fragility fracture. Question 26. What scoring tool is used to calculate a patient's risk of a fracture over the next 10 years? The FRAX tool. Question 27. What investigation is used to calculate a patient's bone mineral density? A DEXA scan. Question 28. What guidelines recommend management based on a patient's risk of fractures relating to osteoporosis? The NOG guidelines. Question 29. What are the first-line medical treatments for reducing the risk of a fracture relating to osteoporosis? Calcium, vitamin D and bisphosphonates. Question 30. What monoclonal antibody reduces the risk of fractures relating to osteoporosis? Denozumab. How does denozumab work? By blocking the activity of osteoclasts. Question 31. What term is used to describe a fracture where the bone has shattered into multiple pieces at the fracture site? Comminuted. Question 32. Which type of fractures occur only or mainly in children? Green stick fractures, buckle fractures and Salter-Harris fractures. Question 33. What is the initial imaging investigation when a fracture is suspected? An x-ray with two views. Question 34. What are the options for achieving mechanical alignment of a fracture? Closed reduction or open reduction? Question 35. What term is used to describe the slow healing of a fracture? Delayed union. Question 36. What term is used to describe the misaligned healing of a fracture? Malunion. Question 37. What term is used to describe the failure of a fracture to heal? Non-union. Question 38. What term is used to describe tightening of the soft tissues leading to reduced range of motion or deformity in a joint? Contractures. Question 39. What criteria are used to establish a diagnosis of fat embolism? GERD's criteria. Question 40. What is the target timeline for operating on a hip fracture? Within 48 hours. Question 41. What landmark distinguishes intracapsular and extracapsular hip fractures? 
the intertrochanteric line, where intracapsular fractures are proximal to the intertrochanteric line. Question 42. What classification is used for intracapsular hip fractures? The garden classification. Question 43. What are the surgical options for managing a displaced intracapsular hip fracture? A hemiarthroplasty or a total hip replacement? Question 44. What is the usual surgical management of an intertrochanteric hip fracture? A dynamic hip screw, also known as a sliding hip screw. Question 45. What is the usual surgical management of a subtrochanteric hip fracture? An intramedullary nail. Question 46. What is the typical position or appearance of the leg on examination of a patient with a hip fracture? The leg will be shortened, abducted and externally rotated. Question 47. What is the name for the continuous curving line that's seen on an AP x-ray of the hip and pelvis formed by the medial border of the femoral neck and continuing to the inferior border of the superior pubic ramus? Shenton's line. What's the significance of Shenton's line? Disruption of Shenton's line indicates a fractured neck of femur. Question 48. Other than orthopaedics, what other specialty will be responsible for the care of a patient with a hip fracture? Orthogeriatrics. Question 49. What encloses the compartments affected by compartment syndrome? Fascia. Question 50. What are the two most notable types of acute injury that lead to compartment syndrome? Bone fractures and crush injuries. Question 51. What are the presenting features of compartment syndrome? You can use the 5 P's mnemonic, pain that's disproportionate to the injury, paresthesia, pale, pressure which is high and paralysis. Question 52. What investigation can be used to measure the pressure in a compartment? Needle manometry. Question 53. What is the surgical management of compartment syndrome? Fasciotomy. Question 54. What bacteria most commonly cause osteomyelitis? Staphylococcus aureus. 
Question 55. What is the best imaging investigation for establishing a diagnosis of osteomyelitis? An MRI scan. Question 56. What is the main antibiotic that the BNF suggest for treating acute osteomyelitis in patients with diabetes? Flucloxacillin. For what duration? Six weeks. Question 57. What is the most common form of primary bone cancer? Osteosarcoma. Question 58. What type of cancer originates from the cartilage? Chondrosarcoma. Question 59. What type of cancer causes typical red-purple raised skin lesions and is most often seen in patients with end-stage HIV? Kaposi's sarcoma. What virus causes this type of cancer? The human herpes virus 8. Question 60. What is the initial investigation for suspicious bony lumps? An x-ray. Question 61. What is the initial investigation for suspicious soft tissue lumps? Ultrasound. Question 62. What term is used to describe the anterior displacement of a vertebra out of line with the one below? Spondylolisthesis. Question 63. What condition causes a patient to wake up with a unilateral stiff and painful neck due to muscle spasm? Torticollis. Question 64. What spinal nerves join to form the sciatic nerve? L4 to S3. Question 65. Where does the sciatic nerve exit the pelvis? The greater sciatic foramen. Where on the pelvis is this located? At the posterior part of the pelvis in the buttock area on either side. Question 66. What nerves does the sciatic nerve divide into at the knee? The tibial nerve and the common perineal nerve. Question 67. What areas receive sensory innervation from the sciatic nerve? The lateral lower leg and the foot. Question 68. What are the three top causes of unilateral sciatica? 
a herniated disc, spondylolisthesis, and spinal stenosis. Question 69. What should bilateral sciatica raise concerns about? Corda equina syndrome. Question 70. What clinical test can be used to help diagnose sciatica? The sciatic stretch test. Question 71. Why would a bladder scan be indicated in a patient with back pain? To assess for urinary retention in a patient with suspected corda equina syndrome. Question 72. What tool can be used to stratify the risk of a patient presenting with acute back pain developing chronic back pain? The start back screening tool. Question 73. What type of analgesia is used first line in patients with acute lower back pain? NSAIDs. Question 74. What procedure may be an option in patients with chronic lower back pain originating in the facet joints? Radiofrequency denervation. Question 75. What medication options are available for persistent symptoms of sciatica? Amitriptyline and duloxetine. Question 76. Where does the spinal cord typically terminate? L2, L3. Question 77. What is the most common cause of corda equina syndrome? A herniated disc. Question 78. To what does the corda equina provide parasympathetic innervation? The bladder and rectum. Question 79. In addition to the lower limbs, to what area does the corda equina provide sensory innervation? The perineum, bladder and rectum. Question 80. In addition to the lower limbs, to what area does the corda equina provide motor innervation? The anal sphincters and the urethral sphincters. Question 81. What is the management of suspected corda equina syndrome in the community? Immediate hospital admission for emergency investigation. Question 82. What investigation is required in suspected corda equina syndrome? An emergency MRI scan. Question 83. What are the three types of spinal stenosis and what area is narrowed in each of these types?
central stenosis where there's narrowing of the central spinal canal, lateral stenosis where there's narrowing of the nerve root canals, and foramina stenosis where there's narrowing of the intervertebral foramina. Question 84. What is the key presenting feature of lumbar spinal stenosis with narrowing of the central canal? Intermittent neurogenic claudication, also known as pseudoclaudication. What differential diagnosis may be suspected with this presentation? Peripheral arterial disease. Question 85. What movements typically improve or worsen symptoms in lumbar spinal stenosis with narrowing of this central canal? Symptoms are worse with standing up straight and walking and improve with bending forwards. Question 86. What term is used to describe compression of the nerve roots as they exit the spinal cord and spinal column, leading to motor and sensory symptoms? Radiculopathy. Question 87. What nerve is affected in Moralgia Parasthetica? The lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. Question 88. What movement of the hip exacerbates symptoms of neuralgia parasthetica? Extension of the hip on the affected side. Question 89. What are bursa? Sacs created by synovial membrane filled with a small amount of synovial fluid. Question 90. What resisted movements can be used to establish a diagnosis of trochanteric bursitis? Hip abduction, internal rotation and external rotation. Question 91. What special test can be used in addition to resisted movements to help establish a diagnosis of trochanteric bursitis? The Trendelenburg test. Question 92. What are the four ligaments in the knee that provide stability? The anterior cruciate ligament, the posterior cruciate ligament, the lateral collateral ligament and the medial collateral ligament. Question 93. What two special tests were traditionally used to assess for meniscal tears? McMurray's test and the Apley-Grind test. Question 94. What is the usual first-line imaging investigation for a suspected meniscal tear? An MRI scan. Question 95. What is the gold standard investigation for diagnosing a meniscal tear? 
arthroscopy. Question 96. What tool can be used to determine whether a patient requires an x-ray of the knee to look for a fracture after an acute knee injury? The Ottawa knee rules. Question 97. Where does the anterior cruciate ligament originate and insert? It originates from the lateral aspect of the intercondylar notch of the femur and it inserts into the anterior intercondylar area on the tibia. Question 98. What is the role of the anterior cruciate ligament? It stops the tibia from sliding forward in relation to the femur. Question 99. What special clinical tests can be used to assess for anterior cruciate ligament injury? The anterior draw test and the Lachman test. Question 100. What are the options for graft tendons to reconstruct the anterior cruciate ligament after a tear? Hamstring tendon, quadriceps tendon, or bone patella tendon bone? Question 101. At what age do patients with Osgood-Schlatter disease typically develop symptoms? Between 10 and 15 years. Question 102. Where does the patella ligament insert? The tibial tuberosity. Question 103. Where are Baker's cysts located? In the popliteal fossa behind the knee. Question 104. What clinical sign describes a Baker's cyst being most apparent when standing with the knee fully extended and disappearing when the knee is flexed to 45 degrees? Foucher's sign. Question 105. What is the usual first-line investigation for a baker's cyst? An ultrasound scan. Question 106. What are the two types of Achilles tendinopathy? Insertion tendinopathy and mid-portion tendinopathy. Question 107. What clinical test can be used to exclude Achilles tendon rupture? The Simmons calf squeeze test. Question 108. Why are steroid injections avoided in Achilles tendinopathy? There is a risk of tendon rupture. Question 109. What key class of medication are associated with acute onset of Achilles tendinopathy and Achilles tendon rupture? Fluoroquinolone antibiotics. 
Give two examples of this type of antibiotic. Ciprofloxacin and levofloxacin. Question 110. Which bone does the plantar fascia insert into at the heel of the foot? The calcaneus bone. Question 111. What condition is caused by an abnormal nerve located between the third and fourth metatarsal in the foot? Morton's neuroma. Question 112. What is the medical term for a bunion? Hallux valgus. Question 113. What investigation can be used to assess the extent of the deformity in patients with a bunion? Weight-bearing x-rays. Question 114. What joint in the foot is most commonly affected by gout? The metatarsophalangeal joint or MTP joint at the base of the big toe. Question 115. What will be seen on examining fluid aspirated from a joint affected by gout? Needle-shaped crystals that are negatively birefringent of polarised light and these are monosodium urate crystals. Question 116. What is the usual first-line treatment for an acute flare of gout? NSAIDs. Question 117. What medication may be used for an acute flare of gout in a patient with chronic kidney disease? Colchicine. What are the key side effects of colchicine? Nausea and diarrhea. Question 118. What medication is used for the prophylaxis of gout? Allopurinol. What is the mechanism of action of allopurinol? It's a xanthane oxidase inhibitor that reduces the uric acid levels in the body. Question 119. What is the medical term for frozen shoulder? Adhesive capsulitis. Question 120. What existing medical condition is the most notable risk factor for frozen shoulder? Diabetes. Question 121. What are the three phases of frozen shoulder? The painful phase, the stiff phase and the thawing phase. How long does each phase last on average? Six months. Question 122. Which two joints in the shoulder may be affected by osteoarthritis?
the acromioclavicular joint and the glenohumeral joint. Question 123. What clinical test is used to assess for supraspinatus tendinopathy? The empty can test, also known as Job test. Question 124. What are the four rotator cuff muscles and what action do they have on the arm? You can use the SITS mnemonic to remember the names. The supraspinatus abducts the arm. The infraspinatus externally rotates the arm. The teres minor externally rotates the arm. And the subscapularis internally rotates the arm. Question 125. What imaging investigations can be used to assess for a rotator cuff tear? Ultrasound or MRI scan? Question 126. What is the name for a partial dislocation of the shoulder? Subluxation. Question 127. What are the key causes of a posterior shoulder dislocation? Electric shocks and seizures. Question 128. What complication of anterior shoulder dislocations involve a tear to the anterior portion of the labrum? Bankart lesions. Question 129. What complication of anterior shoulder dislocations involves a compression fracture at the posterolateral part of the head of the humerus? Hill-Sachs lesions. Question 130. What nerve is most commonly damaged during an anterior shoulder dislocation? The axillary nerve. Where is sensation lost when the axillary nerve is damaged? In the regimental badge area over the lateral deltoid. Motor weakness can occur in which muscles after the axillary nerve is damaged? The deltoid and teres minor. Question 131. What clinical test is used to assess for shoulder instability, specifically in the anterior direction? The apprehension test. Question 132. What imaging investigation is most helpful in assessing the shoulder for damage in someone with a previous shoulder dislocation? Magnetic resonance arthrography. Question 133. What would a milky fluid on aspiration of a swollen olecranon bursa suggest? Gout or pseudogout? Question 134. What is the medical term for tennis elbow?
Lateral epicondylitis. Where is the tenderness in lateral epicondylitis? At the lateral epicondyle on the outer elbow. What movement of the wrist do muscles that insert into the lateral epicondyle create? They extend the wrist. Question 135. What two clinical tests can be used to assess for tennis elbow? Mills test and Cozen's test. Question 136. What is the medical term for golfer's elbow? Medial epicondylitis. Where is the tenderness? At the medial epicondyle on the inner elbow. What movement of the wrist do muscles that insert into the medial epicondyle create? They flex the wrist. Question 137. What tendons are affected in D. Corvain's tenosynovitis? The abductor pollicis longus and the extensor pollicis brevis. Question 138. What clinical test is used to assess for D. Corvain's tenosynovitis? Finkelstein's test. Question 139. What is the most commonly affected tendon sheath in trigger finger? The first annular pulley, referred to as A1, which is at the metacarpophalangeal joint or MCP joint. Question 140. What finger is most often affected by Dupuytren's contracture? The ring finger. Question 141. What clinical test is used to assess for Dupuytren's contracture? The tabletop test. Question 142. What are the three surgical options for treating Dupuytren's contracture? A needle fasciotomy, a limited fasciectomy, and a dermofasciectomy. Question 143. What nerve is affected in carpal tunnel syndrome? The median nerve. Question 144. What areas are affected by sensory symptoms in patients with carpal tunnel syndrome? The palmar aspects and the full fingertips of the thumb, index, and middle finger, and the lateral half of the ring finger. Question 145. What are the muscles of the thenar eminence?
the abductor pollicis brevis, the opponens pollicis, and the flexor pollicis brevis. Question 146. What are the special tests for carpal tunnel syndrome? Phelan's test and Tinnell's test. Question 147. What is the primary investigation for establishing a diagnosis of carpal tunnel syndrome? Nerve conduction studies. Question 148. What is the usual initial intervention in someone with carpal tunnel syndrome? Using wrist splints that maintain a neutral position of the wrist, worn at night time. Question 149. What structure is cut during surgery for carpal tunnel syndrome? The flexor retinaculum, also known as the transverse carpal ligament. So thanks for listening to this episode of Questions on Orthopaedic Surgery. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. Head over to members.zerotofinals.com for loads of written questions that track your scores, find out where your strengths and weaknesses are, and other tools such as the flashcards, OSCE practice tool, how to learn medicine course, and other resources at members.zerotofinals.com. And I hope you join me for the next episode where we'll be going through questions on anaesthetics.